Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. Let's do this. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. He'll be back next week. It was a big news day yesterday. There's a lot to cover. Oh, there is. Most definitely. Okay. Let's start with the whistleblowers. Yeah. Because this was a big story. This was, and I know some mainstream media outlets might have covered it begrudgingly, uh, but, I mean, like, ABC News isn't interested in it, apparently. that That's shocking to me. But NBC's not at all interested either yeah i mean they they had a story on it but you know it's not the uh, bombshell emotional testimony but it was more of a here's what people said here's what other people said more of a middle of the road kind of news uh, uh update oh, but man. what you had yesterday were two irs whistleblowers testifying about corruption within the department of justice they claimed that the federal government stonewalled their investigation into hunter biden and blocked them from pursuing more serious charges against him. Joe Ziegler was the main IRS investigator looking into Hunter Biden's tax issues and said he was stonewalled by the Justice Department left and right. And just, again, I don't think it can be reiterated enough. You're talking about a Democrat here. Yes. Uh, Who happens to be... Well, a gay man who is married. Right. So they're trying to make the point, okay, this isn't like just some far right-wing nut within the IRS. Okay, you can't go with that. Yeah. Now, this is from an interview he did with CBS just ahead of his testimony where he talks about attempts to pursue more serious charges against Hunter or even start looking into Joe Biden. Okay. What did the assistant U.S. attorney tell you? That that's going to get us into hot water. Is that in the IRS handbook, avoiding hot water? No. I was asking to do these certain things, and roadblock after roadblock was put up in front of me. Anytime we potentially wanted to go down the road of asking questions related to the president, it was, that's going to take too much approvals. We can't ask those questions. It's a politically sensitive case. Wouldn't it require additional approvals? Yes, I do understand that. But it would be like, well, let's think about it. Let's put that on the back burner. And it would now move down to item number 50. <laughs> yeah. Not going to worry about it. Okay. So for so many people across the country that are not even familiar with this story, if all of a sudden you came across that person they said, okay, this whistleblower thing, David, uh, what does it all mean? What, what is this? It doesn't even seem like a big deal. How would you explain it to them? How I would explain it is you have people within the IRS saying that they were prevented from fully investigating uh, the president's son and any connections that the president's son had with regards to criminal activity to Joe Biden, who is currently the president of the United States. Well, yeah, everybody knows, though, that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, okay, he's had his problems with, you know, drugs and things like that, but he's past that now. Why do they keep picking on him? Well, because he may have funneled millions of dollars from foreign interests into the bank account of his dad and other family members. Well, that, well, that doesn't mean anything bad for the United States, though. I uh, mean, that yes, it's just, does. He was, what do you mean? Because maybe somebody owes people favors. Oh, 
Like, what kind of favors? See, like, this is the conversation that's yeah. happening all over the place. You're trying to explain it to people. And you're like, seriously? And that's why I'm so ticked off at Legacy Media. Because these people that are, you know, supposed to be so honest and just let the people know what's going on and it's truth to power and all that BS. You know, you and you turn on Good Morning America. We had this conversation yesterday, David. It was about, what, 40 minutes left in the show? Somewhere in there. And I'm like, are they going to cover this tomorrow? And it, for a second, you were like, they have to. Yeah. And then a half hour later, you're like, well, maybe not, because they haven't so far. Okay, the big open today. Good morning, America. You ready? Yeah. Good morning, America. The third indictment of former President Trump could come as early as today. <laughs> really? Yes. That's Something why I that waited to play that for you until we were actually on the air. Something that might happen is the lead story, as opposed That's to right. something that did happen yesterday. Yes, breaking like, well, overnight. Well, maybe, maybe that wasn't their lead, but they're going to get to it at, at some point, right? You know, as millions swelter in extreme heat from coast to coast, nope. and overseas, raging wildfires in Greece. Raging wildfires in Greece. Are the sitting president corruption? Whistleblowers from the IRS saying, "Hey." We weren't allowed to do our jobs because the president was being protected. Oh, screw that. That's not a story. No. I mean, well, I, we got more important things to cover here on Good Morning America. The Florida surfer bitten by a shark telling his story for the first time. The moment the shark yanked him off his board and pulled him under. <laughs> a guy I'm not saying by that's a not shark. a story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you I, kidding? I mean, I, I know a lot of people, and rightfully so, and I understand this, a lot of people were pointing out how much per, literal TV production went into the primetime hearings of the January 6th committee and yes. blah, 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 all of this. I, I want to go back and, and try to compare something that's more apples to apples. Okay. And it's Christine Blasey Ford. Christine oh, Blasey man. Ford is this random woman who lived in California who mm -hmm. claimed that uh, now Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh sexually assaulted them when they were in high school. She provided no evidence of it. Nope. No evidence whatsoever. And in fact, initially when she said she, uh, when they asked her to come testify about her experience, because Brett Kavanaugh had been nominated for the Supreme Court at that time, she said no because I have a lifelong fear of flying. And then suddenly she got over that fear and <laughs> flew to Washington. Yes, she did. Every network carried that, at least a portion of it, live as it was breaking, at least her opening statement. Every Even after her friend from school said, I have no recollection of this party that she talks about or going to this place. Yeah. And, I, I mean, it, every morning news show, that was the lead story. That was a big deal because you have this woman who's uh, accusing a Supreme Court nominee of sexual assault. This is the story that must grip the nation. It was wall-to-wall -wall coverage of Christine Blasey Ford in spite of any evidence. Here you have two people from the IRS who have evidence that shows that Hunter Biden should have been charged with more serious crimes and their testimony along with evidence that the Justice Department prevented them from doing their jobs. Yes. They have evidence. And the, and the Today Show this morning is like, yes, well, this is what they're alleging. Republicans seized on it, and uh, here's what Democrats have said. And, well, that's about it. 
Dude, the opener of the Today Show. Are you kidding me? Hi, everybody. Happy Thursday. We finally have a Powerball winner. Somebody is waking up an instant billionaire. Good morning. Yep. It's July the 20th. Yeah, and in all likelihood, it's 0% of your audience. <laughs> yep. Whereas That's the lead. 100% of your audience is entitled to know, if you're a news organization, right. that the current president of the, of the United States is compromised. It's so maddening, man. And they do it on purpose. That's how deep the corruption goes. And when you're talking about, you know, the media is in the tank for the left. They're bought and paid for. Yet you can see it right before your eyes. It's very frustrating. And then you have all of these Democrats with these bogus questions and trying to divert attention yeah. away from what's really going on. You had a clip well, from Ro Khanna. Yeah, they can't really argue against the evidence, so they're reduced to talking about Broadway musicals, apparently. Ro Khanna, a uh, progressive Democrat from California, uh, this is him talking to IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley. Okay. Ro, you have a history of wanting to charge people and then people pushing back. By your own testimony under oath, you said about 90% of the time people are pushing back on what you want to do. And I'm not questioning. I mean, I, you want a stickler for the law. You know, it reminds me of uh, Les Mis and you know, the, the, the famous person who wanted to get the, the person who had the sandwich. Uh, I, I, I mean, and then all those times you've got people pushing back on you. He didn't really, even get man. the plot to lay Miz right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the Democrat from Florida basically say, forget all about this. Let's talk about racism. Racism? And George Floyd. Yes. We can get to that later. We can get to it now. We'll get to yeah. it whenever you want to. Get to it now. I haven't heard this one. Oh, dude, this is Maxwell Frost. Oh, that dweeb. Okay, yeah. It, it, dude. Sometimes we make jokes about, you know, whatever big story is out there saying some Democrats going to go, yeah, but racism, arr! he actually did it. Listen to this. And since January 6th, these Republicans and Trump have complained about a two-tiered justice system, co-opting the language of the decades-long civil rights movement for black lives and black freedom, a movement that they actually are actively looking to eliminate. There is a two-tiered justice system, but it's not about Democrats versus Republicans. This How dare you say two-tiered justice system? You're racist! This yeah. language, two-tiered justice system, has a real history. It has a real history of Emmett Till. It has a real history with Breonna Taylor. It has a real history with George Floyd, the Central Park Five. Derek D as a young man who was just an unarmed young man who was just killed in Central Florida not but a week ago. Okay. That's like a comedy routine. That really is. Hey, how about actually recognize what's going on <clears throat> is that a lot of conservatives are agreeing with you in that there are powerful people who can manipulate law enforcement to punish those they hate and reward those that they like. Right. This should be a bipartisan thing by his own logic. Yes. But somehow it's racist to say, you know what, we need to be... I mean, dude, why... Uh, okay, Hunter Biden is like the poster child for white privilege in America. Absolutely. There and you have this guy <laughs> defending the Bidens, the president... That doesn't think that black parents know how to parent a kid. Right. They need help. We bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want. They don't know quite what to do. See, they, their hearts in the right place. They just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. They need help. Uh, same guy also said that black people don't know how to use the internet. 
Yes, that's right. <laughs> but they got their talking points, so right. they're just going to, you know, chirp away. And there you go. All right. All right there, there's oh, so much more from that to get to. Another update on something. Now, the New York City mayor says he's no longer going to guarantee housing for migrants. I thought he was a sanctuary city. Open arms to everybody. Not well, apparently the Statue of Liberty is weeping right now. As New York City Mayor Eric Adams says, New York is full. They're going to start turning away migrants who show up. They're going to be uh, giving adult asylum seekers 60 days to move out of whatever shelter they're in right now. They're also going to the border to hand out flyers telling people that New York can't guarantee assistance. We No, don't, don't come to New York. <laughs> Here's how the mayor framed the conversation yesterday. Our cup has basically runneth over. We have no more room in the city. Uh, this cannot continue. It's not sustainable. And we're not going to pretend as though it is sustainable. This is wrong that New York City is carrying the weight of a national problem. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Carrying it's okay weight. for all those border towns? Yeah. Texas, Arizona, uh, that's fine. But not here. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you had your hand up, remember? Yeah. That was part of what you ran on. No, no. No, find room, buddy. Unreal, man. Okay, so much to get to today. Um, Mass shootings are racist? Really? We'll get to that. And checks and balances. That's what the FBI does. Keep (laughs) checks and balances. I can't wait to hear that. Coming right up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. He'll be back next week. I was hoping Scott was getting some rest and relaxation. Saw him for a little bit yesterday. He was watching the hearings yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, of course he was. So instead of yelling on this show, he was yelling at the TV. Right. He might as well have come in. No kidding. That's kind of what I thought, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Give him an outlet for crying out loud. But hopefully he's getting uh, some rest and relaxation today. Okay, who is the person that said the FBI keeps checks and balances? Well, so this was during the IRS whistleblower testimony uh, yesterday about corruption within the Department of Justice, where these whistleblowers are saying that uh, the DOJ actively suppressed their efforts to fully investigate, much less than criminally charge, the president's son for serious tax fraud uh, crimes um, and also prevented them from going after Joe Biden himself. Now, represent- well, And it's so deep in the weeds. We say this all the time, and you're really good at explaining it, and I admit that I'm really not. Um, so I'll get way off track. But the fact, and you can explain this, that either Weiss... Or Merrick Garland lied. They flat-out freaking lied. And it doesn't seem like people really want to get to the bottom of that. It's frustrating. Yeah. David Weiss is the uh, U.S. attorney who was overseeing these uh, criminal investigations. Yeah, somebody's lying about whether or not they had full control and discretion Mm -hmm. uh, to go after the president's son. But this was one of the most disturbing things that came out during the IRS whistleblower hearing yesterday and it came from one of the Democrats on the committee, Representative Kwesi Mufome, said okay. this was a horrible attack on federal law enforcement. Okay. I don't like these attacks on the Department of Justice, the FBI, the IRS, as if they are somehow anti-U.S. agencies. Those agencies keep this democracy in check. It keeps them in float. That's the problem, idiot. They provide idiot. The checks, and they provide... The balances. Now I'm channeling Robbins. No, no, no. 
the DOJ and the FBI and, and everything else is uh, under the purview of the executive branch, which is one of three branches of our government. They do not provide checks and balances. That is what the executive, uh, that is what the White House, that's what Congress, and that's what the Supreme Court are for, is the checks and balances of co-equal branches of government. So it is extremely disturbing to have somebody who really believes the only reason the DOJ exists is to provide checks and balances, because that's not how that works. They're providing cover yeah. for the Democrats. That's what it comes down to, and especially for Biden. Oh, my goodness, man. It is. And you try not to overstate it, get too dramatic. But honestly, this is how this is how countries get destroyed. People have lost so much trust mm -hmm. in the FBI and the CIA. And then you go, shoot, man, CDC, the FDA. I mean, all of these parts of society that people used to trust these people have proven we cannot trust them and this is just another example of it okay moving on how are mass shootings racist by the way oh well uh there's a, a new study that's out that looks at 865 mass shootings that killed 828 people uh, across the nation's 51 largest metro areas between 2015 and 2019 okay. and they have found that most mass shootings actually happen in cities that have uh, uh, more segregation, you could say, where mm -hmm. you have higher population densities of African Americans and white Americans who are separate. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of read this, and I think they say it's because of structural racism. That's the point. I'm like, well, I, I also think you look at these major cities and you talk about the gun control debate. You talk about soft on crime policies. And, yeah, that obviously that leads to bad outcomes. When you said a while back, everything the left touches turns to crap. It does. Yeah. That's just another example of that, honestly. Okay. Um, more from the whistleblower and some of the jaw-dropping testimony from yesterday. Straight ahead. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation back next week. Okay, try not to get too ticked off, like sounding irrational or something from these hearings yesterday as we were watching this unfold, the whistleblowers from the IRS talking about, well, to me, it's the Biden family corruption, and yeah. it starts with Hunter. And it was interesting, you have this new whistleblower known as Whistleblower X, Joseph Ziegler, did this interview with Catherine uh, Harridge before he testifies. Yeah. And you had this clip yesterday, but I thought it was worth playing this again just to go over. Because this is, to me, getting at the heart of it. Did you uncover evidence that President Biden financially benefited from his son's deals? I don't feel comfortable answering that question. Why is that? Anytime we potentially wanted to go down the road of asking questions related to the president, it was, that's going to take too much approvals. We can't ask those questions. And I mean, it created, it created an environment that was very hard to deal with. It's a politically sensitive case. Wouldn't it require additional approvals? Yes, I do understand that, that aspect, but it would be like, well, let's think about it. Let's put that on the back burner. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, man, it's pretty clear what happened. And then what's coming next? I know there's going to be another hearing next week. 
somebody else. They're, we're going to get more testimony. And I don't think, um, you know, the committee is just going to let this go. I think it's going to keep playing out. Yeah. Now let's get into conspiracy theater. Okay. Here. Okay, what do you really think is going on? What do I really think uh, with them coming out and, and, and saying all of this? Well, one, at the risk of getting into mind reading, when he says I'm not comfortable answering that, when yeah. asked, do you have evidence that Joe Biden financially benefited? Again, I'm mind reading. This is just my gut reaction to that is he does have evidence of it. Yep. But he doesn't have enough to feel comfortable going out and saying, here's what I believe. Because And then he, he says explicitly, anytime we started going down that road, we were told to back off. Yep. Yeah, I think more is going to come out. But I also do wonder, and it was something you threw out uh, uh, on the or off the air yesterday. <laughs> yeah, which is it's going through my mind still. Who, who from Gavin Newsom's camp has paid this guy to come forward? Or basically, the Democratic power brokers that yeah. really run the Democratic Party are they saying, "Listen, we've seen Joe recently." I mean, like the other day where he basically fell asleep talking to the Israeli PM. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to make it, okay? And you get the feeling sometimes he's been told, hey, man, probably shouldn't run because the big story last week, and there were liberal outlets covering it, and CNN covered it, that you have these big money people going out to different possible Democratic candidates saying, Joe Biden's not running. They're saying, what do you mean he's not running? He already announced he's running. No, he's not. Better get ready. Better get ready to go. That somehow the power brokers are saying, okay, we've got people inside these different places that can turn on the Bidens in a heartbeat. So the hint's being thrown out there. Again, man, that's conspiracy stuff. That's just you're trying to figure out what's really going on. Because these people lie all the time. You can't trust what they say. Mm -hmm. Except that I do believe that they do have the goods on the Bidens, and it's yeah. just a matter of time before that comes out. More on that a little bit later. You have a story out of Canada. This is crazy. Dude, okay, Canada is about to allow mentally ill people to be legally killed by the government, part of their euthanasia program. We talk about this occasionally, but, man, every time I start to dive into this, I feel like I've slipped into an episode of that show Black Mirror. Like, it is a dystopian hellscape, man. Uh, Canada legalized assisted death in 2016 for people with terminal illness and then expanded it in 2021 to people with incurable but not terminal conditions well starting next month people with mental illness i'm sorry next march uh people with mental illness can get it too it was supposed to roll out this year but they delayed it so if you're depressed yeah the canadian government will kill you if you want them to wow reuters had this story about a 47 year old woman who has anorexia and she's getting ready to go for it roll it i mean it's hell it's every day is hell. I've tried everything. Um, I just, I, I'm, I, I, I feel like I've lived my life. I am not going to change. Like, I don't want to recover, meaning I don't want to gain weight. Because to recover, you need to gain weight. I don't want to. Okay. Dude, I'm not an expert in that field. I'm stating the obvious. You've heard from people that have battled different things mentally for years, and sometimes it takes longer to get over things or to get past something. Yeah. 
I don't even know her story, but I know there's hope yeah. that she could get past it because other people have done it. Yeah. And to say, okay, yep, yeah, we're going to go ahead and help you. If you're probably, we're all better off if you're not here. That's but, freaking evil, man. Yeah, I mean, it really comes across as a socialized medicine uh, scheme to save money on people. Uh, just say, hey, you know, have you considered killing yourself? And and unlike <laughs> other nations, there are a handful of nations in the in the world that have something like this available, um, and not just assisted suicide, but like they'll actually kill, they'll euthanize you. Assisted suicide is where a doctor will oversee as you take a drug that kills you. So there's a there's a little bit of a difference, uh, but in most other countries. Uh, it really does have to be everything else has been exhausted. Right. Uh, the doctors are not allowed to recommend it or even bring it up during consultation. The patient has to bring it up. Um, there's also, like in, in Belgium and the Netherlands, there, there are monthly commissions to review troubling cases. Canada doesn't have that. It's kind of, you know what it is? 10,000 people in 2021 were offed by the Canadian government. Man. <laughs> and in 2019, a guy with depression was killed by the government, and on his application, the only reason listed was hearing loss. His family, his, his uh, primary care uh, uh, provider, were all saying, no, 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 he's just off of his meds. He needs to get back on his meds. He needs to get help, because he's had hearing loss for years. Right. But well, he's got the it's it's incurable, not fatal, but it's an incurable thing that he's deaf. So yeah, we'll just let him. But we'll 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 kill him. I got to tell you, David, I wasn't ready for that story. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I was so ticked off about the whistleblower stuff, and then you hear that. I mean, it, seriously, it sort of stops you in your tracks. It does. You've heard enough people talk about battling depression over time, and sometimes people can feel like it's this mountain. They're just tired of trying to climb but you just keep at it and you know people in retrospect look back and say yeah that was really tough and i'm glad i had the help to get through it blah 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 whatever it is to have a bunch of people say yep you're probably not gonna get over that you don't want to gain weight yep probably better off dead well, wow it man. is dark man and canada is the only country that allows nurse practitioners not just doctors Jeez. to end patients lives um and in ontario and quebec the two largest provinces in canada they explicitly instruct doctors not to indicate on death certificates if people die from euthanasia. They're killing people on purpose and trying to cover up what the true number is. Man. Okay, was that your way of saying, yeah, we got some screwed up stuff in the United States, but it could be worse? Well, I'm saying we got to be on guard because yeah. we're usually about five years behind Canada. This is true. Yeah, we saw it with I'm all the crazy activism. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, good point there. All right, we got to move on. It's that time of the show. Where it's not the biggest story that you saw, but it certainly caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? I have stumbled across the one story I have seen since Joe Biden took office that I can say he made a decision that I, without caveat, 100% agree with. Oh. And that okay. is, apparently, after Queen Elizabeth II's funeral, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle asked to hop on Air Force One to come back to the United States. No way. Yeah, they did. And the White House immediately said, no, that's a non-starter. We're not doing that. That's, 
you know, look, that that's going to, you know, you got this new king that's coming up, and uh, that's going to strain relations, obviously. We don't want any part of that dumpster fire. They finally found a dumpster fire that they are willing to avoid. And I, for one, in the spirit of healing the soul of America, want to celebrate the Joe Biden White House for making Harry and Meghan pay their own damn way home. Good. Yes. I do like that story. Uh, for mine today, it is getting some attention. Um, that's this Jason Aldean song. Try that in a small town. And all of this backlash, people trying to say, you know, it's racist. It's pro-lynching. It's like, what are you talking about? Because if you're unfamiliar with the lyrics of the song, it's basically saying, hey, all those protests in 2020, if, you know, you hold up a liquor store, you, you know, punch somebody, sucker punch somebody out of the blue, um, you carjack some woman, mm-hmm. you try that in a small town and see what happens to you. And you, you had part of that song yesterday. A little bravado there mm-hmm. and as a kid from a small town yeah i totally relate to that you understand yeah try that stuff here see what happens well how they get pro-lynching and racist out of that i have no idea i think they're talking about the video because it was a lot of scenes from the summer of love in 2020 yeah. with all the rioting and all of the looting the, the the video that actually has a whole lot of white people lighting things on fire yeah, I don't think Jason Aldean cares if it's BLM or Antifa or whoever. Try that here. It's not going to happen. Yeah. All of a sudden, um, that has shot to number one with all the backlash. Yeah. And then you wonder, man, did Jason Aldean's team just stir up this controversy themselves? Because you knew this was going to happen. And I, no, I don't think that happened, by the way. I'm about to become a country music star. I'm going to write a ballad called Baton to the Back of the Skull. <laughs> That's not a new statement for you. I mean, you've no, been on not. that for a few years. And uh, at the same time, I'm going to start with my song, Bring Back Caning. <laughs> We're going to be stars, man. Yeah, All are. right, much to get to. Um... Oh, the guy yesterday that admitted Trump was wrongfully impeached is great. That much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation back next week. You love this moment from yesterday, David. I, I really do. Yeah. Uh, so we got the two IRS whistleblowers testifying about corruption within the Department of Justice. Um, and really, it has to do with Hunter and then Joe Biden because they were not able to pull at enough investigative threads because they were stymied by the federal bureaucracy that wanted to protect Joe Biden. Yeah, back off of the family. And you can't interview any of the family members either. It was funny because after one of the whistleblowers said that Hunter should have faced serious charges for tax fraud related to his deal with Verisma, that's that Ukrainian gas company, Representative Jerry Connolly, a Democrat, totally clowned himself. <laughs> Roll it. And here it is. Uh, And if we're going to talk about Ukraine and Burisma, let's remember that the president of the United States, not Joe Biden, Donald J. Trump, was impeached over a phone call to the president of Ukraine wanting to get dirt on this very subject, on this very individual, with this very company. 
So, so the former president was actually doing his job in wondering whether or not Joe Biden was, I don't know, corrupt. Well, no, no, he was just trying to use that against a political opponent. But, but if it's true, is, is yes. it really using something against? I mean, to my knowledge, no one ever demonstrated that Trump asked the Ukrainian government to completely make something up. Nope. Just said, hey, could you find something? Because we've been hearing things uh, going around about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and Ukraine. And, hey, we'd like to know what exactly was going on. Mm-hmm. And, and if that happens to work in my favor, so be it. But that doesn't mean it's not true. Right. I mean, the Hillary Clinton campaign literally made up a story about Russian collusion, laundered it through the FBI, and, well, kicked off a years-long investigation and a massive conspiracy theory that Donald Trump was acting on behalf of the Russian government. So spare me this idea of, like, Donald Trump wanting to know whether or not Joe Biden was corrupt is somehow out of bounds. And not only that, the fact that so many people in this country still believe it to be true. When you look at the polling, that's what's so maddening about that. I did see this story. I thought of you, David. Um, This is McDonald County in Missouri. Authorities there said this burglar entered a home with a firearm, but then was met by two homeowners who had guns of their own, Mm. who shot and swiftly detained the man until police arrived. This was a residence on Buffalo Creek Road near Tiff City. I know you spent some time in Missouri. Um, Don't know if you know that exact area. Um, But as far as the sheriff there goes, said deputies made contact with the homeowners who had come home to find this guy inside the house. They enter the house. The guy is barricaded in a room. So then the burglar fired a shot at the homeowners. And then the homeowners... Both armed, returned fire, striking the burglar with a gunshot in each thigh. Oof. It's tough to run. It's going to sting a little bit, yeah. By the way, that that is uh, on the western side of Missouri uh, at the border with Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I think this proves the thesis of Jason Aldean's controversial hit song, Try That in a Small Town. <laughs> yes, I think the, there's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. I think he, uh, should we say, messed around and then and found, found out. out. Yep. Yes. Um, I don't know if you care much about this with uh, everything going on. Um, I know the Today Show thought it was, you know, of huge importance. Hi, everybody. Happy Thursday. We finally have a Powerball winner. No. Somebody is waking up an instant billionaire. Good morning. It's July the 20th. See? Biggest mm-hmm. story out there. Someone's a billionaire. So, yep, that ticket sold. That's fantastic. Okay, great. I, I saw one analysis that said that the person's going to take home out of the one whatever billion dollars, mm-hmm. um, they're going to take home about four hundred forty-three million. Because after after the IRS takes its chunk, that's that's still enough to ruin your life. No, I want the full billion, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm a cheap date. I've already said you give me five million dollars cash and. You'll never hear me on the radio again. That's right. For the haters of this show, you put that offer out there. You know, I've been called Captain Thrifty a lot in my life. It only takes one million for me. (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, that's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out this week. He'll be back next week. Missing out on part of the fun with the whistleblower testimony. Big story from yesterday continuing into today. Mm-hmm. And you're saying there's an update? Well, there's a, uh, a brand new breaking news uh, item here. Uh, and it comes in the form of an FBI document that was recorded in June of 2020. This is the, uh, what is it, FD 1023 you may have heard about. This is... So a source went to the FBI and said, hey, by the way, um, I've got some information you guys might want to know about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's business deals in Ukraine. And this has to do with the energy company Burisma. So uh, the first meeting that this source had was in late 2015 or early 2016. Uh, The source told or the source uh, was told by Burisma officials, hey, did you know this? Hunter Biden's on the board. A Burisma? Uh, yeah, to protect us through his dad. Uh, so the source then says, well, then why do you need me? They were looking at either going through a merger or, or buying an energy company here in the United States. So the source says, well, why do you need me if you got Hunter Biden? Well, the response was, well, Hunter Biden, not that smart. <laughs> in another conversation, my dog is smarter than Hunter Biden. They were using wow. him in order to get influence. Now, a couple months later, they were talking about how Hunter would be available to take care of any issues they might have in acquiring a U.S. energy company. Um, and they were worried about an investigation that was going on from a okay. prosecutor in Ukraine. And they said, look, this may be problematic because we don't want to bring this legal issue with us if we are investing in America because, well, Investors are going to get a little skittish. Hey, wait a minute. You're under, you know, investigation uh, for corruption in Ukraine. That seems like that would be a big liability. So they said, well, we, we'll just hire some lawyers uh, to litigate this in Ukraine is what they said. Uh, pay some attorney $50,000 is what they said. Okay. Uh, and they said, well, we'd probably lose the trial because, well, we can't show that Burismo is innocent. And then... Uh, the, <laughs> the Burisma official laughed at the source's number of $50,000 for an attorney, not because of the small amount, but because the number contained a five. And this guy with Burisma said, it cost $5 million to pay one Biden, $5 million to pay another Biden. <laughs> and at this time, it was unclear to the person whether these alleged, pay- alleged payments were already made said, well, these these payments might complicate matters. Burisma should hire some normal U.S. oil and gas advisors because the Bidens have no experience with that business sector. Well, the Ukrainian gas company official made the comment that although Hunter Biden was stupid and his dog was smarter, (laughs) he needed to keep Hunter on the board so everything will be okay. Yes. Uh, Reading about that for sure. uh Uh-huh. And getting somebody else into the United States... It's so deep in the weeds, man. Yeah. And also, again, uh, the guy with Burisma was not happy that Trump won the election. Okay. (laughs) 
But he also says, the guy from Burisma said, I've already been forced to pay the Bidens. So essentially, now that a Democrat's not in office, all that money is up in smoke. Right. Yeah, Hillary was supposed to get that gig. Now I got this guy to deal with? I already paid my way. This has cost me millions. That's hilarious. Wow. And then, you know, all the memories come back of that interview that Hunter did. I think it was ABC talking about, well, yeah, it was because of my dad's name. Yeah. I mean, I had just as much right to be on that board as anybody else that was on it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that they would have had me had my last name not been Biden. He absolutely admitted it. And then, of course, Joe Biden talking about how he got that one prosecutor fired. Remember the whole line? Oh, yeah. And then the son of a, you know, B, he said it. So you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Got fired. Yeah. He had the juice. Mm-hmm. No one ever brings that up either. No, they don't. No. Okay. Now, as far as the testimony yesterday, whistleblower X... That's Joe Ziegler. Got to learn a little bit about him yesterday. And you have a clip here, David, where he talked about we were afraid to ask questions about Joe. Yeah, about whether or not any of these uh, crimes that Hunter Biden was alleged to have committed uh, had any connection to Joe, uh, Joe Biden. So Joe Ziegler uh, talked about that during his testimony yesterday. Okay. I've got so many different clips going. I have that clip and I'm trying to figure out exactly where it went. Okay, I think this is it. Yes. There was an environment when we were interviewing people, when we were interviewing witnesses, where you were afraid to ask questions, questions that could lead to the presidential campaign. And this is after the campaign's over. So questions like that, it was restricted, and I was, it, it, so things like that, were, we were limited to, to talking about. Gosh dang, man. And again, one of the frustrating things is that a lot of legacy media completely ignoring the story because mm-hmm. there's so many more important things going on like a powerball winner right okay um another clip real quick because i don't know that i heard this yesterday this is one of the democratic reps during this testimony oh yeah yeah so because democrats can't actually argue against the evidence they spend a lot of time or spent a lot of time defending hunter biden this is representative uh Kwesi mfume okay uh, roll it. We are doing this all over again for the Hunter Biden show to someone who has pleaded guilty and has taken responsibility for not okay. filing taxes for two years. <laughs> this is ludicrous. Beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down here. None. He tears his papers up. Oh, yeah. my goodness. These people, they make you want to vomit, man. No shame whatsoever. Bad acting mm-hmm. all over the place. Okay, moving on. Let's get to this other story that the media has been paying so much attention to. And it turns out this kidnapping uh, was not a kidnapping at all. Dude, this is a crazy story. Okay, so this is uh, Hoover, Alabama. A woman named Carly Russell went missing last week. The initial story was this. She was driving on the interstate, called 911, saying there was a toddler walking on the side of the road wearing nothing but a diaper. Mm -hmm. So as the story initially went, she went over to help and was then kidnapped by a white man with orange hair 
who pulled her into an 18-wheeler. Now, she initially escaped because she's a fighter. Okay, black woman, kidnapped, white man, orange hair. Orange hair. Mm -hmm. Catnip for the media. (laughs) We're all over this story. She initially escaped but then was pulled into a car. She was blindfolded but not tied up because, in her words, the kidnappers didn't want to leave impressions on her wrist. So they use a child as bait to get this random lady off the interstate, but they are not going to bother to tie her hands after she'd already escaped their custody once. Okay. Uh, She was then forced to undress, and the kidnappers took pictures, but she managed to escape because, again, strong, strong woman. Okay. Uh, The cops still looked for a toddler. No toddler was found. The cops came out yesterday and all but said she made it up. And part of the evidence here was her internet search history, and it made it, he the the police chief delivers it in a very calm and professional manner. But the first time I heard this, I was howling with laughter. <laughs> Roll it. On July 11th at 7:30 a.m., the term you have to pay for an Amber Alert was searched. On July 13th at 1:03 a.m., the day of her disappearance. The term, how to take money from a register without being caught, was searched. On July 13th at 12.10 p.m., a search for the movie Taken, a film about abduction, was conducted. (laughs) Doing research from the Liam Neeson classic Taken. (laughs) She also told the cops that her kidnappers fed her Cheez-Its. Except it turns out the day she went missing, she'd gone to Target and bought Cheez-Its. Oh, no. <laughs> then data from Russell's phone, which included her Life360 app. Here's the thing. If you're going to fake your own disappearance, turn off your phone and leave it wherever you were <laughs> supposedly kidnapped, okay? Yeah. Um, shows that she traveled about 600 yards in her car when she was on the phone with 911. So the cops immediately were like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. You're telling me. That you came upon a toddler walking on the side of the road, you called nine one one, and then you drove six hundred yards down the side of the interstate. What? Because that toddler needed to get his steps in. What? What's happening here? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, the, the police. I chief, never wandered out in traffic either. Yeah, the police chief said, "I've had kids. I'm sure a lot of people have." Uh, to think that a toddler barefoot. That could be three or four years old is going to travel six football fields without getting in the roadway, without crying, just moving on. Very hard for me to understand. <laughs> well, I mean, so lucky that Carly had this specific set of skills <laughs> that she was able to employ at the right time to That's escape <laughs> these horrible people. I like that. I wonder if she tried to bind her own wrists and realized that it's really hard to do that. <laughs> it was like, dang it. All right, I'll just tell them they didn't want to leave marks on my wrist. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> and I will feed you Cheez-Its. <laughs> oh, man, this is big news. We have cut off funding for the Wuhan lab. Finally. That much more coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Back next week. Okay, all the breaking news going on with whistleblowers and Biden family, Trump, possible indictment, all that stuff. This is kind of a big story. We've cut off funding for the Wuhan lab. 
Yeah, the Biden administration has uh, suspended funding for the Wuhan Institute of Virology. This is what many believe to be, myself included, ground zero of the coronavirus pandemic. Yes. Um, And remember, you know, Dr. Fauci and many others have defended this research institution saying, well, there's no way they had a lab leak that caused this global pandemic. It's unthinkable. Obviously, it came from an infected pangolin or something else that we couldn't really find. Uh, whatever. But um, now we know of the cover-up of that. Yeah. So the, yes. Depar- the Department of Health and Human Services has informed the Wuhan Institute on Monday that the U.S. is cutting off funding, adding that the department is looking to stop funding permanently. Now, why? Well, because they weren't compliant with federal regulations and is not presently responsible when it comes to safety uh, and handling these viruses that they're doing experiments on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How is that possible? Fauci knew these guys for years. Yeah, he, he vouched for them. He said, no, these are experts. I mean, these are these are our allies and our partners in, in doing this critical research. And now all of a sudden, well, they're not responsible? Yeah. Dude, I remember him saying it. Well, it's not the Communist Party. It's the scientists, whatever. The, the, the scientists in the Wuhan lab for years and years, among other credible, trusted scientists in China. We're not talking about the Communist Chinese Party. Uh-huh. We're not talking about the Chinese military. Uh-huh. We're talking about scientists that we've had relationships for years. Wasn't that the clip at the time? Like, why did you bring the military into that? Yeah. No one asked about it at the time, even though they were involved. They were there. We know that for a fact. Wow, so all of a sudden, yeah, we're, we're cutting that off. Yeah. How many people do you suppose in the country even had an idea we were still funding the Wuhan lab? Oh, I, I well, you know, you, you almost have to parse that down into smaller buckets, right? Because how many people even know, one, that we were funding it to begin with, uh, two, that we are still funding it, or three, why it would be a problem that we're funding it. Because right. n- never forget what what the Department of Health and Human Services is now saying about this lab was called racist in 2020. Yes, it was. And I, I'll never be able to wrap my head around this claim that somehow saying that at a highly technical uh, uh, research institution in China, a coronavirus experiment got off the leash. Never be able to wrap my head around how that is racist, but it's loving to say that the coronavirus pandemic started because Chinese people eat bats. Correct. I don't. <laughs> I'll never really be able to justify. Well, they eat all sorts of wild animals and all that crap. I mean, come on, it couldn't possibly be that highly sophisticated research institution, you bigot. Right. So because I don't want it coming back to me. Yeah. Basically, it was Fauci's take. Yeah, they, they've got their own thing over there. Hey, but you know, someplace they eat dogs, whatever. They eat this stuff. That's how it happened. It wasn't from me and my funding. Remember that whole thing where he's lecturing people, don't be accusatory yeah. toward China? I think we still have that. One of the ways you can get it is don't be accusatory. <laughs> Try to get both a forensic, a scientific and an investigational approach. I think the accusatory part about it is only going to get them to pull back even more. Okay. They'd already shredded the documents at that point. 
dude i hope it all comes out for everyone to see exactly what was going on behind the scenes him with the letters to different scientists to tell them to change their story about the origin of covid and it's also frustrating that you know after you know everything the world went through that there's not more people in powerful positions wanting to get to the bottom of it mm -hmm. still wanting to cover it up wow and i understand hey man legacy media it seems like maybe we take them to task too often call it out too much and to be fair there's other important stories out there that they need to cover okay the family of a girl severely burned by chicken mcnugget wanted 15 million dollars what a jury just decided <laughs> Your president may be corrupt <laughs> beyond all possible hope. But we got a story about McNuggets on Good Morning America. Forget about all that stuff with the Wuhan lab. Nah, don't worry about it. Forget that whistleblower stuff. Who cares? We got McNuggets. I think somebody else was bitten by a shark for crying out loud. Florida surfer bitten by a shark telling his story for the first time. The moment the shark yanked him off his board and pulled him under. <laughs> they should have written in the script, snatched him off his board. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. The biggest story of the day, David, uh, is what? There's a couple. I mean, it's the fallout from the whistleblowers. And also now uh, we have the interview notes from a source who talks about working with Burisma and Hunter Biden, and also talked about how Burisma bribed the Bidens. It's a yes. pretty big freaking deal, isn't it? It's a really big deal. <laughs> it, it, yes, I want to get to all of that. Um, and there's a bunch of other stories, too, that you have today. Well, Illinois is officially the first state to eliminate cash bail. Crazy as that. And yeah, oh, if you didn't know the rest of the chicken nugget caper, we'll, we'll get to that as well. Of course, coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins is out this week. He will be back on Monday. Okay, a lot of stuff going on. So if you were to basically parse it all down to the biggest part of the whistleblower testimony yesterday that came out, David with the Biden family, what would it be? The, the biggest takeaway to me is that you have two credible witnesses who are saying they have documentation showing that the federal government prevented them from pursuing more serious charges against the president's son. And even bigger is that they did not want them to be pulling at investigative threads that would lead to Joe Biden. The other part, well, and again, I thought the media loved whistleblowers. Yeah, well, and you can certainly make the argument it's pretty brave for these guys to come forward. I think so. Because you know the left's going after them hard. Okay. And Ziegler, the one guy, talked about that. You know, the warnings were there. You know, hey, people are going to come after you, that sort of thing. Something else, and Jonathan Turley tried to explain this, and, you know, he's a great legal mind from George Washington University and saying that one of these Democrats tripped the wire on Joe Biden. And I can go through this story and see if you follow along and 
this resonates with you. So Representative Dan Goldman from New York um, pointed to a moment in one of the whistleblowers, uh, Shapley, his prior testimony where he quoted Hunter Biden and his business associate, Rob Walker. Again, this gets deep in the weeds. But informing the FBI that Hunter Biden told his father at a lunch meeting with executives at the Chinese energy firm CEFC, I may be trying to start a company or try to do something with these guys. Goldman said, now let me ask you something. That doesn't sound much like Joe Biden was involved in whatever Hunter Biden was doing with the CF or CEFC if Hunter Biden is telling him that he's trying to do business with them, does it? And that's when Shapley, the whistleblower, said, no, but it does show that he told his father that he was trying to do business and he was talking to his father about the business. And when that happened, Goldman threw his hands into the air and said, okay, well, that is true. Hunter Biden does try to do business. That's correct. <laughs> and that's when Turley said he just tripped the wire in trying to grill the whistleblowers to show that there is no evidence that Joe Biden was involved. He elicited an answer that the witnesses established that Joe Biden did discuss business deals with Hunter with the Chinese. Yeah. Again, this stuff gets admitted and it just sort of flies over. Yeah, who cares? Ah, what does it matter? Oh, that's a big deal. Joe Biden just loves his son. <laughs> oh, and it goes back to that narrative. He's He's been troubled, but you know, he just loves him. Mm-hmm. I do. You know, I, I was thinking about this a little bit. Uh, House Oversight has put out a timeline now of, of like, corrupt business deals that uh, Hunter Biden was involved in and different actions that Joe Biden took while he was vice president. And the thought occurred to me, not not that it excuses any of it, but I do wonder how much of Joe's involvement wasn't so much about selling out America, even though that was the end result, mm-hmm. but it was really about traveling around the world to clean up his crackhead son's messes. It could be. Like he's in way over his... I mean, because you got... On this timeline, it's like, oh, there is a new aid package to Kazakhstan. Just, a, well, a few weeks before or after uh, Kazakh business... Bought Hunter Biden a sports car for one hundred forty thousand dollars, and I mean, it's how yeah. much of it really was like we got so much dirt on Hunter Biden that Joe, you better play ball. Yeah. Well, another part that it's possible that Hunter's payment of prostitutes could actually constitute trafficking. If that he's paying part. them to to travel across state lines, yeah. Yes, because if you missed it, Marjorie Taylor Greene started her time yesterday saying, hey, parental discretion advice. Did you see the actual photos of, like, the cardboard, you know, pictures yeah. that she put up in front of everybody? Yeah, with I did. The... Holy mackerel, man. Yeah. I did also like uh, Jamie Raskin inter- interjecting and saying, do we really need to display this in Congress? I'm like, you're right. This is Congress, not an elementary school. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're trying to push the porn books on the kids, but here... Actual pictures of the president's son with some prostitute. Wait, yeah, we couldn't have that. Man, it's the whole thing is crazy. Okay. There's other news out there. And, you know, people in the state of Illinois had been fearing this for a while. And now it is official, David. Yeah. Well, the Illinois Supreme Court has upheld a law eliminating cash bail uh, for defendants in the state. This okay. will overhaul how judges decide whether someone awaiting trial should be released from jail, removing what... Uh, advocates have called a penalty for poverty. 
Uh, Illinois is set to become the first state in the country to end cash bail. Now, New York, New Jersey, and New Mexico, they've reduced cash bail. And in some instances, at the municipal level, you've seen at the city level, you've seen people eliminating this. And it has disastrous results because now you're not you're not talking about what. So let me back up here. One of the reasons you have a bail system is because it establishes objective regulations and 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 penalties for somebody who has been accused of a crime. And so if you want to, you know, get out of jail if you're facing charge A, B, or C, well, there's a level that you need to uh, ensure before your trial, uh, or basically you need to put on the line before your mm-hmm. trial. So it establishes something that is kind of black and white, okay? If you don't have the funds for this, well, then we can't guarantee that you're going to come back to face trial. That's the whole exchange. Now, this empowers judges to make a gut decision as to whether or not the person is too dangerous, to 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 be released. So now, you know, they now there a lot of sheriffs have talked about this, man. Oh yeah, they're worried about it. And they should be. Okay, there's a couple. There's one in Franklin County. Kyle Bacon said folks here are extremely concerned. It's an experiment on the backs of victims of crime. That's true. I have serious concerns, and so do the people that live here. Um, another one. This is Jeff Bullard, Jefferson County. Said, so, you know, basically, law enforcement and attorneys will be the ones who bear the brunt of these changes, saying we did our job. We arrested them, incarcerated them. And then there's the state's attorney makes the argument that they should be uh, remanded for trial. And the judge, based on the Safety Act guidelines, says, now I'm forced to let them go. That's going to increase crime victim frustration. And we share that frustration with them. Yes. It's insanity. Yeah. I mean, you, you've seen the results where cashless bail has been implemented. And, these, and you know, the other portions of this law are what's important as well about basically uh, being pro-criminal. It's the other stuff that works in conjunction with that that makes it really dangerous for victims facing re-victimization on the part of the people who commit crimes against them. No doubt. I mean, and you think about Chicago. I mean, it just gets worse. Yeah. And you elect a mayor that's like, yeah, actually, we know that, you know, defund the police doesn't work. We've seen that everywhere, but we want to bring it back. It just hasn't been done the right way. Right. Goodness gracious. All right. I mentioned this earlier. Um, Some of the big stories out there, you know, like the whistleblower stuff. You know, ABC doesn't have time for that, but uh, there are other huge stories out there. The family of a girl severely burned by Chicken McNugget wanted $15 million. What a jury just decided. Okay, so what did they decide, David? Oh, $800,000. Okay. This girl is eight now. She was four at the time. Uh, they went through a drive through at uh, McDonald's, and mm-hmm. uh little girl got, gets a Happy Meal. Mom hands the Happy Meal back to the little girl. A McNugget falls out and gets wedged between her leg and the car seat, mm. and she got second-degree burns. I mean, the picture is brutal because um, it was there for a couple of minutes before mom could pull over and, and get the kid situated. So they said, well, obviously this was at least 200 degrees, even though they're supposed to only be cooked at like 160. All right. 
So McDonald's is saying, well, there's no way it was 200 degrees, but they're saying, well, look at the scar tissue now on this little girl's leg. I mean, yeah, it was way hotter than it needed to be. But I still kind of roll my eyes and think, I, and I'm just saying this as a parent of an almost 40-year-old now. Yeah. I never hand food back to my kid until I know that it's cool enough for them to consume. Most of the time, they don't even eat in the car. Yeah. Yeah, you're looking at another mess there. But you know, fries or something like that yeah. that could be hot. Yeah. Hey, you want some coffee back there? Right. It's fresh. <laughs> my my one-and-a-half-year-old son, it's funny, whenever we go through a drive-thru or get snacks when we're on the road or something, mm-hmm. as soon as he hears my wife open, like, a bag of chips, you just see his little chunky arm, like, shoot out from <laughs> behind the car seat because he's still got the rear-facing seat. You just see his arm, like, shoot out, like, all right, I'm ready. Hand it over. Hand it over. Well, I mean, and it's happened to a lot of us as adults. You could be really hungry, and you go through, and you you grab the first amount of fries and jam them into your yeah. mouth. You're like, dang, that's hot. Yeah. Taking the drink of the beverage, you certainly don't hand it right back to the kid. No. Um, but they did. Was there anything in this story at all? And I don't even know, probably not even part of the suit. Did they find any chicken at all in that nugget? <laughs> well, it's that it's it's chicken goo that they mold into a, a nugget and fry. Okay. Um, all right, we got to get to another news update, but there's another food story out there. I'm talking about hot food. Okay. A restaurant, a Thai restaurant, has what's known as spicy dragon balls. Okay, we're talking chemical burns in your throat. Dang. Yeah. That news update straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation back next week. News update, David Van Camp. Oh, Joe Biden giving a speech today about good paying union jobs and wind energy and whatnot. Wind energy. Wind energy, renewable energy, all that kind of stuff, right? Even though we're getting more and more information that eh, really the the benefits of it uh, not really existent. Right. But he announced some big news. I don't know if you heard about this. This is crazy. Today, we announced the first ever offshore wind sail in the Gulf of Mexico. The first ever offshore wind sail. (laughs) What does that mean? I think sailboats have been around for about 6,000 years. Well, what's new about it? I don't. I think, I think he meant to say wind farm. Okay. But he said. Today, we announced the first ever offshore wind sail in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Going to the Gulf. <laughs> I think I'm kidding. <laughs> Ain't seen nothing yet. Thing I, why does he always say that? Who, who thinks a joke, that's a joke? A joke. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a joke because he said it was an offshore wind sail. Yeah, that's a joke. Joke we have a sitting president that would say such things. Yes, I could see that. But outside of that, I don't know. I'm, yeah, going to the Gulf, man. <laughs> Channeling his inner Spicoli there. We're going to the Gulf. <laughs> going to the Gulf, man. <laughs> Learn about Cuba. Yeah. Having some food. <laughs> Dude, it's something every day. With him. He's had quite a week. At least he stayed awake this time. Yeah, that thing with the Israeli PM, man. Wow. 
And then that one thing, Ireland, it's home, something. The, the, the Ministry of Coburn, the daughter of Ireland, daughter of Ireland. You can tell us a 40 stuff I'm thinking of home. Where do you live? I thought it was Delaware. What's going on? Oh, no, man. You got lost today, too. We're going to get it done. Thank you. So it's playing, and he's, like, looking around. Where am I supposed to? Where am I going? Where am I supposed to go? Wait, no, not that way, Joe. Wait, turn. Oh, you're going the other way, Joe. There you go. There you go, Joe. Did he shake hands with a ghost? He d- he tried. He wanted to. He was looking for that damn ghost. <laughs> the ghost wasn't around, though. Soon, NATO will be the 32nd freestanding to have free 33. Yeah, whatever. You know. Trust me, it's all good. And I love my son. Okay. Unbelievable. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm oh, getting like more. a flood of audio clips right now. Okay. Okay. Here we go. He's talking about inflation. How many times you read in the play that a recession's coming? Even Wall Street today said no, they don't see a recession coming now. <laughs> they've been wall street today say no you'll don't say wretched coming now <laughs> president Boomhauer, like what the hell's going on <laughs> how many times you read and play that a recession's coming they've been wall street today said no they don't see a recession coming now <laughs> do you correct it or just roll right over it that's where you just roll it roll man. it oh sure. my gosh I bet there's going to be more before the show's uh, over. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the story. We had the uh, story about the kid with the chicken McNugget that was hot. Yeah. Remind me of the story that I saw of this woman suing a Thai restaurant in California named Coup de Thai. Okay. The woman's name is Jocelyn Walia. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, she goes to this place a couple of years ago, orders the Dragon Balls mm-hmm. as an appetizer. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're supposed to be spicy, but she says so spicy she suffered chemical burns to her vocal cords, Dang. esophagus, and the inside of her right nostril. She says her throat and voice have incurred permanent injuries and will forever be damaged. You're the, kind of the foodie of the show yeah. if we have one. I mean, Something could be that spicy? Thai food can be extremely spicy. I don't know about chemical burns. That, that I've never heard of that, but uh, I spent a couple of years working in a, a Thai restaurant, little family-run shop working in mm-hmm. the kitchen, and, I, I mean, it can be really spicy. After the lunch rush, the owner of it and head chef at that restaurant yeah. would always make dinner for the rest of the cooks and, and a couple of the wait staff. And one day I said, well, how, how spicy do you like it? Because I, I loved the way he made green curry, and it was always pretty hot. I liked it to be pretty spicy. And he goes, mm-hmm. no, 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 you get white people spicy. And I said, what does that mean? And he goes, no, you can't handle my people spicy. And I said, well, let me try. Dude, it was the hottest food I've ever had in my life. It, I, like I couldn't, uncomfortable? I couldn't Felt even it for finish a while? it. I, 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 I think I took like three bites. And I said, you're right. You're right. This is not white people spicy. <laughs> <laughs> this woman, her Jocelyn, I'm sure I'm butchering her name, said this spicy was unfit for human consumption. The restaurant <laughs> said we'd never known it to be that hot before. Wild. Permanent tissue damage. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation back next week. As always, thank you very much for being here. A lot going on. Um, let's start with some audio from yesterday and the whistleblowers. And it's getting a little bit of attention from legacy media, but not much. Yeah. Buried in the failing New York Times, Washington Post. I think it was USA Today uh, talking about the whistleblowers. <laughs> They were speaking back to people asking questions. They were getting hostile. Well, yeah, because they're frustrated. Absolutely. I mean, I thought we were supposed to trust the experts. These are experts in the field of tax law, and right. they feel like Hunter Biden was protected in order to protect Joe. Yep. Uh, so Joe Ziegler was the main IRS investigator looking into Hunter Biden's tax issues, and he says he was stonewalled by the Justice Department and a whole lot of other people would have gone down and gone to prison for a long time for things that Hunter Biden did. Now, during an interview with CBS, he said the U.S. attorney on the case, David Weiss, didn't take multiple felonies very seriously. And by the way, hats off to CBS for doing their job on yeah, that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And David said to us that I'm getting some concern from... Uh, Department of Justice Tax Division, the evidence that might come in related to his substance abuse and the death of his uh, brother, Bo Biden, those might affect the jury's opinion. It's a matter of are we treating all taxpayers the same? And in this case? And in this case, no, I don't think so. Absolutely not. And, it, and if that's true, then that is a freaking scandal all on its own. So what? True. Because, I mean, dude, you look at so So the mindset, according to this guy, was that they were worried that they wouldn't be able to secure a conviction because they would be able to, what, tell a sob story about drug addiction and a death in the family. You could apply that standard to multiple criminal cases. Of course. That's not the standard. That, no. Somebody having a drug problem might be a mitigating factor in sentencing, or, or something else. But that, but the question is whether or not you broke the law. And in tax law, a lot of times, and especially with Hunter Biden, what the, the evidence that this gentleman has laid out uh, is kind of black and white. Yes. Well, and there's so much more to it as far as, well, well yeah, he was a drug addict. Yeah, but he's paying for prostitutes. Yeah. Okay. And not just, you know, out of his pocket. It's... You know, he's getting money from Burisma. He's not paying the taxes on that. And then he's paying it out of his law firm's bank account for prostitutes. And then you're talking about overstate lines. And then you're talking about possible trafficking. Oh, no, we can't. We can't go there with that evidence. That could be damaging. Yeah, so I'm glad this guy came forward and said, hey, this isn't right. We're not treating everybody the same. Yeah. Wow. And as far as the hookers part goes, yeah. I mentioned this earlier. Marjorie Taylor Greene busting out the picture and, you know, mm. the naughty bits are blacked out. But, I mean, you can see Hunter Biden standing there yeah. like fully naked and holy and cow, yeah, man. There's the, mm. Yes. Yes. 
just to sort of prove the point, I guess. Someone giving him, I don't know, it's a hernia exam, maybe. Um, oh, golly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then didn't someone then say something about, yeah. uh, he was saying that there's no evidence, but then we get something else? Yeah, Democrat Representative Robert Garcia says there is zero evidence of wrongdoing on the part of Hunter Biden, even though there was literally a lot of evidence, <laughs> including pictures of Hunter Biden. It's like, aside from that evidence, both in terms of tax records, bank records, and photographic evidence, you got nothing on Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Roll the audio. Today's hearing is like most of the majority's investigations and hearings. A lot of allegations, zero proof, no receipts, but apparently they, some d pics. Yeah. They, they literally had receipts. I mean, they actual do. receipts. Right. <laughs> and don't you think that's part of the theater? You get someone like Garcia that will, you know, read his lines, mm -hmm. and then you'll have legacy media outlets just pull that out and present that to the audience. Yeah. And the audience like, oh, so they really didn't have anything. They were just trying to embarrass the president's son. They're mm -hmm. bad people. Mm -hmm. Shame on them for doing that. It's terrible how they go about that. Okay. Let's move on to this story. This is – it's – to say it's crazy is an understatement. Women can't have their own spaces anymore, apparently. No. So there is an upcoming event hosted by the Independent Women's Network. They're going to be uh, talking about protecting women's sex-specific spaces like bathrooms and locker rooms. And it's going to be at the Texas State Capitol August 12th. They put out uh, an advertisement for it on Eventbrite. Well, that hosting service has removed the listing why uh well they have determined that this event is not permitted on the event bright platform as it violates our community guidelines and terms of service specifically our policy on hateful dangerous or violent content and events as a result your event has been unpublished <laughs> and that's what a lot of women are starting to talk about yeah like Okay, so this whole locker room thing. You know, it used to be this sort of far into the future thought that this could happen. Now it's happening in a lot of different places. And I happened to hear part of the interview that Megyn Kelly had with Helen Joyce, who's been controversial because she spoke truth to this issue and has a book out called Trans, When Ideology Meets Reality. Um, there's a couple of different clips one it just talks about how the whole thing's linguistic because there's no proof so when yeah. you know there's someone saying well trans women are women period the end well, well how is that that doesn't make any sense you're biologically not a woman you're just not and this is what she says this is a movement that is entirely linguistic i mean we aren't actually able to change sex everyone who has ever thought about anything about human beings knows we're mammals uh, we know we evolved that way and mammals can't change sex you're conceived male or female and that's what you're going to grow up you can you know a man who castrates himself does not become a woman a woman who has a neophallus crafted out of her thigh and stitched onto her groin does not become a man part of it's her accent for me to be honest yeah the way she just matter-of-factly delivers what we all know to be common sense but what she just said is now considered hateful by some mm -hmm. not uh, we all know that 
So the only meaning that you can give to statements like trans women are women is a linguistic one. It's all about words, that we're changing the definition of words and that by changing the words, we change the reality. And that's why this is a movement that is so keen on censoring people. Because as far as they're concerned, when you say, as you just did, no, trans women are men, that speech act is creating a reality that they don't like. Boy, how many times have we talked about yeah. this, dude? Yeah, when when you lose the argument, you change the language. All the time. And so they must silence you to give space for the speech act that they like, which is trans women are women, full stop, no debate. That's it. That's the tweet. And by saying it, they think that creates reality. It's sort of a queer theory thing. It comes very much from universities, this, um, this postmodern turn, they call it in which you think that everything is socially constructed, that everything is about language, that the words that you use can erase all sorts of inconvenient facts about the world, and you end up with the world that you want because it's the world that you're creating with your words. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're just talking about things that are real, and that's why you talk about the war on reality from the left. You see it all the time. Yeah. Now, as far as women's spaces, this is a shorter clip, but I... <laughs> I'm glad she's doing what she's doing and speaking the way she's speaking. And the word inclusion has become such a buzzword that we forget that a lot of things depend on exclusion, in particular definitions do. A definition of what a woman is necessarily excludes all men and vice versa. And yet when you say, oh, well, I want to be inclusive, well, who do you want to be inclusive of? If this space is only for children, it can't be inclusive of adults. If it's only for women, it can't be inclusive for men. That's just definitional. And yet because everyone has got very bound up in the idea that inclusion is good and exclusion is bad uh, there you know the language plays into their narrative that you're the meanie you're excluding people and you're like well of course i'm excluding them this is meant to be a women only space why would i include men it can't be women only yeah. yes you can't be afraid to say that no no, no but i don't I... want it to be inclusive yeah. there are times inclusive not good like yeah. that yeah, I think, uh, I, I, you know, I have a humble suggestion here yes. with all of this. If you want to fight fire with fire. Okay. I suggest for the ladies, maybe you start at your own movement where you start identifying as super trans. And that is you are a woman who identifies as a man who identifies as a woman. <laughs> and if you play that game back at them... Then you can say we need to be protected because now we're part of that. We're part of the LGBTQ community, okay? Yes. And so now that we are super trans, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll start here. I'm, I'm super trans. I'm a man who identifies as a woman who identifies as a man. Okay? Okay. I'll start it. I'll be the first one to do it. And that means that I get to use male restrooms male locker rooms, things like right. that. But, okay. it, but if you are somebody who is a woman who identifies as a man, you can't use MySpace because you're putting my reality at risk. And in the end, this is why marijuana is legalized. <laughs> Trying to make sense of any of it, really. Well, well, I'm just saying, if you have an objection to that, then you're transphobic. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're you're super trans, double trans. I'm double. I'm trans squared. Yes. Ultra trans. I'm T2 Judgment Day. Okay. <laughs> it's, you know what? I got to stop saying it's nuts because sometimes it's not. <laughs> it's crazy. I say that too often. We need new words.
Okay, Bidenomics. I guess the Biden campaign's going with that word. Uh, we'll try to make sense of what they're saying today. Straight ahead. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Be back next week. He's on vacation. Okay, Bidenomics. Yeah. Yeah. Can't believe this. I thought there was more people on food stamps than ever. Uh, there are. U.S. households are using food stamps at a higher rate this year than during the peak of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, 2.2 mil, or I'm sorry, 22.2 million U.S. households are using SNAP benefits. That number was below 22 million during the peak of the pandemic in December 2020 and January 2021. Um, I, this is not a good situation that we find ourselves in, which makes it, you know, I've been asked before why it why it ticks me off when uh, so much when Joe Biden says, well, the economy's roaring back. We're doing great because mm-hmm. it's a lie. That's why. And I'm thinking about all these millions of people who are on food stamps uh, in a lot of cases because their dollar is just not going as far as it used to. I mean, how many stories have we heard? And you'll you'll really only find them on the local news level. But about food banks, where you got people for the oh, yeah. first time in their lives going, I got to go to a food bank because I'm on a fixed income or whatever. It's so frustrating because you got people that are trying to make it, that are struggling like crazy, yeah. and others that are able bodied just don't want to work. You got this problem going both ways. And Biden's saying, Yeah, the, what I'm doing is working. You should elect me again. Okay. Um, wow. I mean, how how do you square that if you're the administration running on that? Well, you just lie to people. That's what they do all the time when they say yeah, 13 true. million jobs created. No, 13 million jobs have not been created. Created. Yeah, I suppose. And when you have a media that just basically gets marching orders and then uses, uses what the Biden administration gives them. Yeah. And they're just a propaganda piece. Just put it out there. I did see this today. I thought this was interesting, man. Remember all the different churches that were shut down during the pandemic? These can't have it. And then you had, you know, some churches saying, okay, yeah. we'll do it outdoors if we have to, whatever. And in Idaho, city of Moscow, you know, college town, um, they were having a psalm sing from one of the churches there. And there were people that were arrested. You can't do it. So just happened this week the city of moscow announced that it would settle with gabriel wrench as well as sean and rachel bonnet who brought a case against the leaders of that city in march 2021 alleged their rights under the first and fourth amendments were violated again it was an outdoor psalm sing Mm -hmm. conducted by the leaders from their church lasted about 20 minutes so They were charged with violating the city's repeatedly extended health ordinance. Wow. So good. They're getting paid. I'm I'm glad. 300 grand. This needs to this needs to be replicated all over the country where people were punished for just going about and doing their business. I mean, I look, I'll never forget when things started to shut down what the government and what various state and local governments decided were were necessary. You can't do the church thing. You can't do right. a, a large funeral. 
the liquor store and the weed dispensaries, those have to stay open, though. <laughs> I do, man. One of my best friends lost his mom during that time and talked about what the funeral was like. And it, it, it's incredibly sad looking back on it. And I suppose there are some people that just thought they were trying to do the right thing, you know, following orders, that sort of thing, that look back and have regrets, saying, I wish I would have been more brave to do, you know, one thing or another somewhat differently. Mm -hmm. But you wonder how many that were actually in control and could have loosened up this stuff. Do they have any regret at all? Because if they do, I don't hear it very often. Like, you know what? Hey, we were trying to do the best we could at the time with the information we had. Yeah. If I had to do it again, I would have done it you know, completely different. You would like to hear that, but yeah. you just don't hear it very often. Very rarely. There was that one, it was a medical school discussion where uh, one epidemiologist was saying, yeah, with school closures, we got it completely wrong. We, we should never do that again. Yes, I remember that. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to get that from Randy Weingarten. Oh, heck no, the you're teachers not. She made a lot of money. For her, it's it's mission accomplished. I mean, <laughs> it is. And remember, oh, we can't open these schools until we get, I mean, the outdated airflow in all these schools. Yeah. And so it's billions of dollars. And do we have any proof that any of that money went to that? No, a lot of it went to salaries. Shocking, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story today, if there's one. If there's one, I think it's uh, the fact that Senator Chuck Grassley has released a form from a source who told the FBI that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden coerced Burisma to pay them $5 million apiece to get <laughs> Ukrainian prosecutor Victor Shokin fired and to get things done in the United States. Okay. It's a pretty big story. Yeah, we need to get into that. That would be good. And also, I mean, everything that we've actually learned from yesterday, because there are so many different angles to this story, it's just interesting. And Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town. That's the controversy of the week from the oh, left. Yeah. Get to it all coming up right here. Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins on vacation. He'll be back next week. You got breaking news? Okay, so I know you've got, uh, of course, we've been talking about it a lot, the whistleblowers testifying about uh, Joe Biden, the uh, Department of Justice, and, of course, Hunter Biden and corruption and rot from the top to the bottom. Uh, but you know what is the top story on CNN.com right now? What? <laughs> Florida's new standards for teaching black history sparks outrage. Oh, my goodness. The headline reads... It's a big step backwards. <laughs> because, oh my gosh, they said they require that students learn how slaves develop skills for their personal benefit. It's actually not really what the curriculum states. So they the, the Florida Department of Education published guidelines for African-American history. And uh, under one section... It says, examine the various duties and trades performed by slaves, agricultural work, painting, carpentry, tailoring, domestic service, blacksmithing, transportation. And then in one part, uh, it does say instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. And it leads right into 
examine the Underground Railroad and its importance to uh, seeking freedom. So essentially, it no, it didn't say, oh yeah, slavery was good because they picked up some skills. It's, <sighs> hey, you know, how moving forward did people who were enslaved uh, use skills later on? So lying to people, and then when you have a massive story about corruption that goes so deep, not just the Bidens, but within the FBI, the IRS, huge story that's ignored because, you know, we got to scream racism again. It is. It's about dividing people. It is. Trump was right. It's they are the enemy of the people. They really are. You know, Miranda Devine from the New York Post, who broke the Hunter Biden laptop story years ago now, when she laid out in her piece talking about the whistleblowers, it's like, how do I say it? We talk about different parts of this story, and I almost felt like when I was reading what she wrote, like, yeah, you forget there's this much detail to it and how this is ignored. It's, it's unreal. She, you know, she wrote, according to the whistleblowers, Shapley and Ziegler, the IRS and FBI team in Delaware that spent five years investigating Hunter Biden's business dealings between 2014 and 2019 were warned by prosecutors not to pull on any string that led to Joe Biden. And that, of course, is the story. It's not about Hunter. It's how it leads to Joe. And then she she writes, they were not allowed to ask witnesses about the big guy who was Joe. They were not allowed to obtain search warrants for a cottage on Joe Biden's property. They were sabotaged in their efforts to search a storage unit of Hunter's because a prosecutor tipped off his lawyers. You forget about all these details. Yeah. They were not allowed to interview Joe Biden's grandchildren who had received money that formed part of the tax investigation. They were not allowed to geolocate Hunter to see if he was telling the truth in a shakedown message. Remember the WhatsApp message? Yeah. When he told the Chinese business associate or associate that he was sitting next to his father. Why hasn't the money been paid? Going gangster on him. They were not allowed access to the laptop, which the FBI had since 2019. Of course, had a wealth of information that could have boosted their investigation. And then the other part, the Chapley and an FBI supervisory agent flew to California to interview Hunter in December 2020. And they were sabotaged by someone at FBI headquarters who tipped off then-president-elect Joe Biden's transition team and the Secret Service. So Shapley never did interview Hunter. And his team was obstructed from viewing or interviewing 11 of the total 12 witnesses they had planned to interview. And then you have these Democrats saying, more than anything, it seems like a misunderstanding. Yeah, really. I mean, this is a guy who was uh, struggling with drug addiction and we all make mistakes, right? Like trying to write off expenses related to, uh, I don't know, hookers and sex clubs and drugs. And, you know, who among us hasn't leveraged our family name and our father's position in government <laughs> to maybe make a few million dollars off of a, I don't know, corrupt energy company in Ukraine? Wow, man. Or another company in Kazakhstan that just also happened to buy <laughs> buy you a $140,000 vehicle. It just happened to do that. It just happens, yeah. you know.
And now, and you mentioned then Chuck Grassley. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to this part of the story, and then there's a couple other things we got to hit. But the Chuck Grassley part, what is he saying? So the so Chuck Grassley has released is a senator uh, has released uh, a uh, FBI form, and this was a source telling the FBI in 2020 about concerns related to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's business involvements. Okay. And the guy was apparently dispatched to Ukraine to talk to Burisma, this particular source. This, that's, again, the energy company in Ukraine, mm-hmm. um, with the purpose of helping them get into the U.S. market. Now, while he was there in the initial meeting, the people at Burisma said, hey, do you know who's on our board? And they said, well, it's the whatever president of, of Poland or the former president of Poland's son and also, by the way, the vice president's of son, Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, this source asked them, well, why do you need me to help seal this deal then? And their answer was, well, because Hunter Biden's dumb. But we we pay him to stay out of trouble from the U.S. government. So this entire claim that this source is making hinges on a moment in time when uh, when Joe Biden was vice president and Burisma was trying to get into the United States as a as an entity and they were talking about different ways in which they could do that mm-hmm. while they were under investigation for corruption in ukraine and they were really worried about this particular prosecutor well joe biden winds up firing that prosecutor or getting that that prosecutor fired by threatening a billion dollars in loan guarantees and by withholding so, money that we were going to give to uh, Ukraine. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, he winds up doing that, and that's really good for Burisma. Uh, and as they go through it, apparently, and there's been reference to this, obviously, but apparently one of the guys at Burisma says, yeah, I've got the receipts. I mean, I, I was strong-armed into paying $5 million to Joe, $5 million to Hunter Biden. <laughs> and so that's a pretty damning allegation. Again, do we have the receipts on it? Well, no, but it would be nice if somebody were curious about it. Absolutely. And just saying, hey, is there any truth to this? Hey, has anybody gotten in touch with any of the people with Burisma by any chance? And that's one of the things, mentioned it before, that's so frustrating, is that we have a media that with all, and, and this isn't just like, you know, oh, a couple of rogue people with the IRS. No, they have the receipts. And still, that's not enough for ABC, man. Because the lead at ABC, as far as Good Morning America. Good Morning America, the third indictment of former President Trump could come as early as today. <laughs> could come. Something might happen today, and that's our lead story. Trump, 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 Trump. That's what it's about. Well, yes. I mean, Democrats impeached Donald Trump for asking a question about Biden's corruption. Yes. It sounds crazy, but that's that's a fact. You know what? I never even heard the rest of that lead. How does that go then? Deadline Thursday. Former President Trump must decide whether to testify before the grand jury as a former aide to the president expected to appear as a witness. All signs point towards a third indictment. (laughs) Wow, man. That's really something. (laughs) Okay, so you got all that going on. And who would have thought at the beginning of the week that Jason Aldean, country artist, 
would be the center of this huge conversation going on about his song, Try That in a Small Town. Yeah. What do you make of this controversy, David? I think it's stupid. It's I really it is. They're they're really we're supposed to believe that this is some pro lynching song or some nonsense because the music video shows a bunch of BLM and Antifa riots uh, from 2020, which actually did happen. Yes, when I mean, you had people like Whoopi Goldberg out there freaking out, he's saying that Black Lives Matter is all violent. No, you're saying that he never actually mentioned Black Lives Matter. He did not. It's not <laughs> so in the song. You're the one making that connection. But there were riots. Yes. And, yeah, and, and the whole point, it's this small-town bravado, right? You come and try that in a small town. You're not going to like the results. I've said this before, being a kid from a small town. I can make fun of my small town if I want to. Yeah. But not you. <laughs> and, you know, here's the other thing. If It depends on how small a town you're from. And you, I've noticed this even when I was a kid. If you grow up in a town of around 3,000, like I did, and then you'll have another smaller town outside of you that might be, say, 600 people, they get made fun of. Yeah. You, you feel like the superiority sort of thing. <laughs> and then you're next to a town that's 30,000, and they're making fun of you for being, you know, very much a small town. And then you get to a town of about 100,000 that look at the town of 30,000 like, yeah, hillbillies, <laughs> small town, stupid, whatever. It's part of it. But there is pride with people that grow up in a small town. And so, listen, man, even during those riots, I can remember conversations we had when they said, and I mentioned this yesterday, when they were talking about, you know, a lot of these protests and some of this violence is going to be moving out to the suburbs because there was this movement saying, hey, we're tearing up our own neighborhoods. We need yeah. to go out to the suburbs. It's like, be careful how close you get to, like, rural America in small towns because well, that ain't going to play there. Well, e even, isn't that what the whole song's about? Yeah. Well, and even in my neighborhood at the time, I remember telling that story. A few of my neighborhood or a few of oh, my neighbors yeah. were talking and you're not talking. I was uh, one of two white people in this conversation. Right. Where you had black people, Hispanic people all getting together saying, hey, you know what? If any of those guys come to our neighborhood, they're they're going to have a bad time. Exactly. A lot of active duty, a lot of veterans who live in this area who are not willing to play that game. Yes. You know what else is cracking me up? Hmm. Is that uh, this has got into your brain, and now during the breaks during the show, I hear yeah. you singing in your country voice. Probably <laughs> <laughs> in a small town. Well, dude, yeah. when they when they rioted in in Kenosha, which is a smaller city, yep. I mean, look what happened a couple days later. You got, <laughs> you got people out there armed with rifles, and one of them, a 17 year old Kyle Rittenhouse, yeah. shot and killed a couple guys, and yes, then the rioting kind of stopped. After it that. did. That was hmm. it. Yeah. So I've also seen that different people have come either to the defense of Jason Aldean or going after him. Okay. I, I got to admit it, man. I thought this was funny. Roseanne Barr <laughs> said Jason's next song should be about virtue signaling white women freaking out over a country song while blasting gangster rap in their luxury SUVs as they drop their kids off at school. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, there are other people coming to his defense. A lot of people. And then there was Cheryl Crow. This was a bizarre statement. Jason, I'm from a small town. There's nothing small town or American about promoting violence. You should know better than anyone for having survived a mass shooting. What? Talking about the shooting in Vegas? Yeah. 
You're equating that to well, rioting in a small town? Yeah. And How is he promoting violence? She said something like, also, small town people are sick of violence as well. It's like, yeah, that's kind of the point of that song, isn't it? That you're not, you're going to, you know, mind business and, and not burn down the ice cream shop or whatever while you're in town. Right. You're not going to burn down the police station in the small town. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's just not going to happen. It's pretty easy to understand. Okay. All right. We've got 17 stories to get to in a very short amount of time. I don't know if we're going to be able to accomplish that, but we got to get to a news update. And, of course, Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, Dave Van Camp. Scott Robbins on vacation. Back next week. We're talking about the controversy of the Jason Aldean song. Mm-hmm. Try that in a small town. Because uh, it was about uh, the riots and Antifa, and that's the message. Try that in a small town. It's not going to go over very well. And then you see the headline from today. New York City agrees to pay Black Lives Matter protesters $13 million in new mass arrest settlement. Golly. All right, well. <sighs> This was a civil rights lawsuit settlement filed in Manhattan federal court. Experts say the settlement, which allows the city to avoid a trial, would be among the most expensive payouts ever for mass arrests. Still needs to be approved by a judge before it's finalized. Mm -hmm. Focused on 18 protests that erupted in New York City after George Floyd. They're not supposed to make arrests? No. When people are burning stuff down no, you're and not looting? To, no, 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 no. Or blocking traffic or anything like that. You're just supposed to shut up and take it. That's the message. Unbelievable. And people in government leadership agree with that. That, you know, as long as you're on the right side uh, in, uh, from their viewpoint. I mean, geez, I mean, you hold a, a, a church service during COVID. Yeah, you're going to Gitmo, baby. But... Hey, you know, if you uh, join a giant mob, shut down traffic for a few hours, maybe light a few fires, firebomb a few police stations, whatever. Crazy, well, that is constitutionally protected speech there. Okay? Unreal. Well, you know, sometimes people just want justice. And I think that, you know, totally switching yeah. gears, that was one of the reasons, one of the, the favorite videos of the week on Internet is that lady in Germany known as the Brutal Blonde. You had the climate nuts trying to stop traffic again, sitting in front of cars. And I don't know how old she is. What do you suppose? Late 20s, early 30s, mid 30s, I guess. Yeah. Looks like she was on her way to work out or something. She went out and grabbed this woman by the hair and drug her out of the way, out of the street. People are like, good, we need more of that. And you understand why. (laughs) All right, we got to get the Nimrods. Roll it up. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. I think uh, some shenanigans going on here. Uh, This 44-year-old woman stole a fire truck last Saturday. For some reason, the fire chief had let her spend the night at the station. Hmm. At some point in the morning, she took off with the truck. It ran out of gas. Cops showed up. She decided, yeah, I'm on my way to a fire. I'm a volunteer firefighter. She's now in a lot of trouble. And that's Nimrod's in the news.